Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live.
Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. The Lord is is great, and the Lord is good. Amen. He's not good sometimes, but God is good all the time. And we thank him for his calling uh, and of his choosing of you and I. Amen. For he said, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you. Amen. Isn't that wonderful to know that? Through all your faults and all your errors and all the ungodly deeds, God still chose you. Isn't that wonderful to know? Amen. That you don't have to do anything out of the ordinary for God to love you. He loves you just the way you are. Amen. So you don't have to put on airs and we don't have to try and make ourselves to be something that we are not. Amen. God know you. He says, he knew our uprising, and he knew our downsetting. He knew our going out, and he knew our coming in. He even knew our thoughts from afar off. So everything about you, God, already knows. Amen. You just need to just give him the praise because he loves you just the way you are. We thank God once again for this Tuesday night Bible study, and we do pray that one and all be blessed through the word of God. We thank God for this privilege and this opportunity. For sure, it's a privilege. Amen. Because God said that we need to protect and, and, and guard this glorious gospel that he has placed in our care. Amen. This gospel is just not any kind of gospel. The Bible says a glorious gospel. Amen. That he had placed in our care. Amen. I was studying on tonight on becoming from the 19th chapter of 2 Samuel. Amen. We are the New Web Life Ministries. I'm Pastor Herman Evans. We're located 32822 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. I was zip here 77362. Amen. Drop us a line. Amen. And if the Lord touch your heart that you want to donate financially to this ministry, amen, please send your check, care of uh, Pastor Herman Evans, New Way of Life Ministries, amen, 32822 State Highway 249. Pinehurst, Texas, zip 77362. Amen. Let's go into our lesson on tonight. We begin reading from verse 1 of the 19th chapter of 2 Samuel. I will be reading to your hearing from the King James Version. Therefore, if you have a, a New American Standard, a NIV, or Gideon, or any other type of Bible other than the King James, some of your verses of Scripture may read differently than what I'm reading to you from the King James Version. But I do pray that in all our getting, we get understanding from out of the word and that we would be blessed on tonight. Let us begin our reading from verse 1. And it was told Joab, Behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. And the victory that day was turned into mourning unto all the people. For the people heard say that day how the king was grieved for his son. And the people got them by stealth that day into the city, as people being ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. But the king covered his face, and the king cried with a loud voice, O my son, Absalom, O Absalom, my son, my son. And Joab came into the house of the king and said, 
Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day have saved thy life, and the lives of thy sons, and the lives of thy daughters, and the lives of thy wives, and the lives of thy concubines. In that thou lovest thy enemies, and hated thy friends. Thou hast declared this day that thou regardest neither princes nor servants. For this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived, and all we had died this day, and it had pleased thee well. Now therefore arise, go forth, and speak comfortably unto thy servants. For I swear by the Lord, for I swear by the Lord, if thou go not forth, there will not tarry one with thee this night, and that will be more worse unto thee. This, then it would be more worse unto thee than all the evil that befell thee from thy youth until now. Then the king arose and sat in the gate, and they told unto all the people, saying, Behold, the king do sit in the gate. And all the people came before the king, for Israel had fled every man to his tent. And all the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king served us out of the hand, saved us out of the hand of our enemies, and he delivered us out of the hand of the Philistines, and now he is fled out of the land for Absalom. And Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now, therefore, why speak ye not a word of bringing the king back? And, the king, and king David sent to Zedot and to Abihator, the priest, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye the last to bring the king back to his house? seeing the speech of all Israel is come to the king, even to his house. You are my brethren, you are my, my bones and my flesh. Wherefore then are you the last to bring back the king? And say ye to Amasa, about not my bone and my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. And he bowed and he bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man, so that they set they set this word unto the king, Return thou and all thy servants. So the king returned and came to Jordan. And Judah came to Gilgal to go to meet the king, to conduct the king over Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Gura, a Benjamite, which was Abaharam, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons and his twenty servants with him. And they, were, and they went over Jordan before the king. And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. And Shimei, the son of Gera, fell down. Before, before the king, and he was come as he was come over Jordan, and said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember that, do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant do know that I have sinned, 
Therefore, behold, I am come the first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai, the son of Zorah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this? Because he cursed the Lord's anointed. And David said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zorah, that you should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am this day king over Israel? Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die. And the king swore unto him. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and had neither dressed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed clothes. For the day the king departed, until the day he came again in peace. And it came to pass, when he was, came, when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore, when is not, wherefore is when is not thou with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For thy servant said, I will sell me an ass that I may ride thereon and go to the king because thy servant is lame. And he had slandered thy servant unto my lord the king. But my lord the king is as an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. For all of my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet did thou Yet did thou set thy servant among them that did eat at thine own table? What right, therefore, have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said, Thou and Zeba divide the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, You let him take all for as much as my lord the king is come again in peace unto his own house. And Brazelia, the Gileadite came down from Reglan and went over Jordan with the king to conduct him over Jordan. Now Berzelius was a very aged man, even four score years old, and he had provided the king of substance while he lay at Mahanaim, for for he was very for he was a very great man. And the king said unto Berzelius, "Come thou, come thou, over with me." And I will feed thee with me in Jerusalem. And Basilius said unto the king, How long have I to live, that I should go up with the king unto Jerusalem? I am this day fourscore years old, and I can discern between good and evil. Can thy servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should thy servant be yet? a burden unto my lord the king. That servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king. And why should the king recompense it me with such a reward? Let that servant, I pray thee, turn back again that I may die in my own city and be buried by the grave of my father and of my mother. But behold that servant, Shimham, let him go over with my lord the king and do to him what shall seem good unto thee. And the king answered, Shimham shall go over with me, and I will do to him that which shall seem good unto thee. And whatsoever thou shalt require of me, that will I do for thee. And all the people went over Jordan. And when the king was come over, the king kissed Basilia and blessed him. 
and he returned unto his own place. Then the king went on to Gilgal, and Shimham went on with him, and all the people of Judah conducted the king, and also half the people of Israel. And behold, all the men of Israel came to the king, and said unto the king, Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stolen thee away, and have brought the king and his household and all David's men with him over Jordan? And all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king is near of kin to us. Wherefore then be ye angry for this matter? Have we eaten at all of the king's cost, or had he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten parts in the king, and we have also more rights in David than you. Why then did ye despise us that our advice should not be first had in bringing back our king? And, and the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. Amen. We read chapter 19 of Second Samuel, verses 1 to verse 43. May the Lord have a blessing on the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. What a chapter. Amen. You can't keep a good man down. Amen. This was a man that God had said out of his own mouth from the heavens up above that David was a man after his own heart. Amen. David was the one who played the songs and, and worshiped and honored God even while he was a peasant. Amen. Minding his father's sheep. Amen. He didn't have no big name for himself. He didn't have no uh, fortune or fame. Amen. But he had a heart for God. Amen. If you have a heart for God, God could take you from the dungeon and place you up into the palace. And this is what he did for David. Took him from off the mountaintop, from God and someone else's sheep, and put him over a whole nation to God, his people. And so we have to have and understand it to know that God honors us when we honor him. Amen. He said, if you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh unto thee. Now, here in this chapter, we find David is, is uh, just completing, coming out of a battle, fighting with his own son, Absalom, who tried to take over his kingdom and run him out of his own house. Now, the men who followed David, they went out to battle, and they, and they uh, killed Absalom, amen, and got the victory. Now, we're looking at how the people is trying to uh, position themselves, amen, uh, for power and, and, and position in David's uh, palace and in his kingdom by trying to honor him to come back into Jerusalem. So this is what we find in here. We find in here a battle. We find an argument. We find the people trying to position themselves to, 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 to find favor in the eyesight of David. Because if you remember, all of these people was on Absalom's side. But now here David, with only a few men, got the victory. Why? Because God was on his side. It let us know that we don't need a whole lot of people to get victory. All we need is God. God plus you is the majority. And so now David uh, is mourning. He's in mourning for his son. Even though his son came out against him, it still hurt him to know that his child is dead. But here Joab is, is trying to put David under a, 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 a guilt trip by telling him if, we, if, if, if all of us had died instead of Absalom, you'd have been satisfied. 
You know, that's funny how people try and put you under a guilt trip just because you had a disobedient son or disobedient daughter or whatever they had done to dishonor you or to dishonor the family. And just because now that they're dead, they feel to believe that you shouldn't have no feelings or no pain or no hurt in your heart because your child is dead. First thing people say, well, they had that coming. You know, they should have never said the things that they said to their mom and their daddy. They should have never did what they did. They should have, been, they should have listened. They should have been more appreciative of their parents. They, people could say whatever they want, but how in the world could anybody tell you how to feel about the loss of your child? If you never lost a child before, don't you try and tell a person how to feel and how they shouldn't feel about the loss of their child. You didn't carry that child. You didn't, you didn't go through uh, pains and things with that child. You didn't bring that child to the hospital when that child was sick. You didn't get out there and work and try and nourish and take care of that child. You know, a, a mother and a father have a great investment in their child, and whenever something happened, regardless to how bad that child was, they're going to have some pain and some, and some hurt in their heart for their child. Joab is trying to tell him and trying to put him under a guilt trip because he's mourning for his child. And so he tells them, he said, look, if you don't straighten up and begin to fly right and show the people, you know, that you're grateful for what they did by giving you the victory and, bringing you, and giving you an opportunity to go back to your palace, then these people is not going to honor you anymore. So because of David's love for God's people so that the people won't be divided, David dried the tears from his eyes and began to sit in the gate. And when he sit in the gate, the people see him. Amen. As, as, in, as a place of honor, that he's honoring them for the victory that, he had, that they had won, amen, for him. And so now the people who had ran and, and, and went to their houses, went to their tents, is now coming back. Why? Because the word had spread. King David is sitting in the gate. That's funny how, how news could travel so fast. Amen. That's just like gossip. Let people know something about you or, or, or think they know something about you. Everybody want to know what you heard. Everybody want to know what they think you know about this individual. And that's how gossip spreads. Old folks say it spread like wildfire. So now the people have heard. Now, it was only a conversation between him and Joab now. Understand this if you're looking at the scriptures. It was just a conversation between Joab and David. But all of a sudden now when Joab give it, put a guilt trip on him and have him to go sit in the gate, and stop mourning for his son and show the people that he's grateful for what they did for him. Now the word has spread. Who you think spread it? Joab. He told one house and it spread to everybody's house. And now everybody's coming from out of their tent, going to the gate to honor King David so David could give them honor for the victory that they won. That's funny how we're supposed to be working for God, working for the church, but we want recognition. And that's all Joab is talking about here. He wants David to recognize them for what they did. He wants David to, to pat them on the back and give them some type of honor, some type of recognition, some type of a, 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 of a reward for what they did. And so Joab really don't know that he's in trouble with David because he didn't honor David always, and the time's going to come that David is going to turn the table on Joab. And so now David is sitting in the gate. He's giving honor to the people for the victory that they have won, letting them know that more or less that he appreciates them going out to battle for him. And so now that David is coming back to Jerusalem, 
Now the people is trying to position themselves to find favor in David's eyesight once again. And so now as he's coming back, the same person, this person Shimei, when David was leaving out of Jerusalem, so the battle wouldn't be fought inside of Jerusalem and the city wouldn't uh, 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 have no problems in it, where the people wouldn't get killed in the city and the, and the temple and the, and the palace wouldn't be burned in the battle, David flees the city. He flees the city. Now, what is this showing you? This is showing you humility. This man was not puffed up with pride and said, I'm not going nowhere. I'm the king. Let him come. We're going to fight right here in the city. David honored the city of God. He honored the city of David. He honored the city of Jerusalem, and he preferred to leave rather than have problems in the city. And so now, when David leaves out the city from having Absalom to come and bring the battle into the city of Jerusalem, this guy Shimei, he stands on top of a mountain, throwing rocks at David and cursing him because Shimei was from the house of Saul. Saul got killed. David became king. And that's something how once a person takes over a position, people begin to look at you different. You can see it on a job. When you, long as you rub an elbows in the field with a person, let you get elevated. Let an individual get elevated to a supervisor or another position and watch how people begin to look at you different. Shimei began to look at David different and tried to blame him for the death of Saul because he wasn't on the battlefield to fight with Saul against the Philistines. But what about what Saul was doing? Saul was out to kill David. Saul found out that God had anointed David to become the next king. And so to try and stop David from becoming the next king so his household can continue on, amen, as king in, 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 in Israel, he had to kill David. But because David had, because God had a protection around David, Saul couldn't kill him. Saul couldn't do it. Why? Because God's word had just went out. There's something about the word of God. When God's word go out, the Bible says it will not come back void, but it's going to accomplish what it is set out to do. So now David is coming back. David got the victory. Shimei, who cursed David, is now trying to honor David trying to give excuses of what he said. Now, look what he tells David. He said, look, the words that I spoke to you, I know I've sinned against you, David, but don't take this to heart. You know, don't, 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 don't let these words that I said and how I curse you out, amen, don't let these things matter to you. Do you realize the Bible said that the, that the, that, that, that the, the, uh, the power of the tongue, the word of God, I mean, the word is, is, is in the power of the tongue? Life and death, it lies right in the power of the tongue. That's where the power is at, right in our mouth. Life, I mean, blessings and cursing is right in our own mouth. Now, here Shimei and cursed David out, then slandered his name and talked about him like a dog. Now, all of a sudden, that David then regained the power on his way back to the palace inside Jerusalem. He's telling this man, don't take what I say to heart. You know, I didn't heard people say, I'd rather for somebody to hit me, smack me in my face, than somebody to take and tell me some hurting words. Words last a long time. It takes a long time for words to be healed once you tell somebody something to break their heart. We got to be careful what we say. We got to be careful what we say to one another. Because words 
can scar you for life. It can damage a relationship much greater than any lick. You can hit a person and they can say, well, you know, that was out of the out of anger, out of the spur of the moment. But when we say things, the very first thing a person says, oh, you've been wanted to say this. You've been felt this way. You've been wanting to say this for the, for the longest. Now the, tree, the real you is really coming out. So we got to be careful what we say. Now Shimei, he's trying to tell David, don't take the words I say to you to heart. Don't, don't, let this, don't let this bother you. How in the world somebody going to curse you out and tell you all kind of dirty and low-down things about you and your family, and it don't bother you? Now he's trying to save his life. Because he know that what he said to David, that was a death sentence. And so he's telling David, look, you ought to be bigger than this, man. What I said to you, I know I was wrong. You know, forgive me. And don't let the words I said, don't, don't take it to heart. And so David being the bigger person, because he's trying, to, he's trying to do what? Bring the nation back together. He's trying, to, he's trying to reconcile differences within the nation. The same way that sometimes things happen in a family. We need to learn how to take the high road and reconcile things within the family. Because regardless to, to what go on, regardless of how high you go or how low you sink, you're going to need one another. At one point in time in life, you're going to need one another. And so what David is doing, he's taking the high road. Although he had the power, he got the sword in his hand to swear it one way or the other. And what David do? He gives him life. He said, look, I swear to you, man, you got my word. You won't die. I'm not going to kill you for what you said. I'm not going to kill you for what you said. Now, he didn't say, look, I know you might have said this out of anger, and, and I know you probably didn't mean it. He didn't say that. He just said, look, I'm not going to kill you. Oh, but, but, but he's going to meet it. The, the, he's going to meet death. But David is giving his word that he won't meet death by his hand. Hmm. And so now here, Saul's grandson, Mephibosheth, shows up on the scene. That's funny how you gain notoriety. You get into power. You got a little money. Everybody shows up. Everybody want to see you. Everybody want to honor you. That's the same way you get, you get these movie stars, these actors, and these, and these uh, mega singers and stuff. They have what they call an entourage. Everywhere they go, they got a crowd of people following behind them. Here now, David is regaining his power back into Jerusalem and about to sit back up on his throne. Mephibosheth, who was Saul's grandson, which was Jonathan's son, who David had blessed rather than kill him, he shows back up on the scene to come and honor David. And so David had got word that Mephibosheth had dishonored him. When he had lost his position, he thought Mephibosheth had dishonored him because this is what Ziba, the servant, had told him. And so since David had no way of finding out whether it was true or false, all he had was what he saw. And sometimes that's all we have is what we see. 
And so now when Mephibosheth comes back to honor David, David questioned Mephibosheth. Why is it that when I bless you, you wasn't there to stand with me? And you know, that's what we, that's, that's, a, that's a hurting thing. When you've been there for somebody and when you fall or something happened to you and that same person is not there for you. Some people feel and believe that they can't understand that this thing here can hurt you or damage you. But this is a hurting thing when you didn't went out your way. When a person could have lost their life, you could have walked over them and walked on them. But here you helped them to rise back up. And now that you're down, this person is not there for you. Because this is what Ziba told him. And that's all David thought that Mephibosheth was not there. And everybody feel to believe if I've been there for you, when something happened to me, look like you should be there for me. That's supposed to be life. That's, that's what life's supposed to be about, support for one another. We need to learn how to support one another. David supported him when he could have been, been dead. Because when David took over kingship, a monarch, it works like this. Once another king come into power, whatever family members that was left, they automatically was put before the firing squad and was killed. So none of that family could rise back up and come out against them. But David didn't do this. He didn't only spare Mephibosheth life. He gave him a whole bunch of power. He gave him money. He gave him servants. And he gave him the honor to sit at his own table to eat. And so now he's saying, man, after I've done all of this for you, you wasn't there for me? Now, I know that you're crippled. I know you couldn't fight, but at least just being there. You know, sometimes that's all we need is somebody just to be there. Even if they can't give us a helping hand, they can't give us no money, just their support will help. And that's what happened at funerals. When people come out, what they say, I'm going to support the family. You don't get up and say nothing. You don't get up and sing. You don't give them a card or money, but just your presence there would help a family. And so this is what David was telling Mephibosheth. Man, when I was down and out and I had to run out the city, where was you? So now Mephibosheth is trying to tell him, say, look, my servant Ziba, he, he deceived me. The same servant you gave me to help me and, and to be there for me is the one who came to you and told you a lie about me and deceived you and said that I did not honor you, said now that you are on the run from your son Absalom. That's not, that's not the truth, David. That wasn't what had happened. What happened is when he brought you this word, he took the service you gave me and took with him and took the land that you gave me. And so David is saying, look, I don't even want to hear the argument because I don't know what the truth is because one is saying one thing and another one is saying something else. So since I don't know the truth, look, let's squash the matter. This is what David is telling him. He said, we're going to squash the matter. We don't need to hear this. And so while David was, was on the run, they had this, this, this old man, 80 years old. You can't tell me that you're too old to serve. You can't tell me that, 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 that you know, you're tired or you're old and this, that, and other, and you can't do this and you can't. Here, this man, Basilia, was 80 years old. The Bible says he was four scores. That's 80 years. But yet he found some way to serve the king. While David was out in the wilderness, this man brought food and sustenance to help David to, to, to survive while he was away from his kingdom. While, while he was out there in the wilderness fighting this battle, 
This man still believed in David and brought him. To, now, anybody could have jumped on the ship because Absalom had all the people. He had 10 tribes. Now, they only got 12 tribes of Israel. 10 of those tribes went with Absalom. And so a lot of times you find people will run from a small church and go run to a big church because they got so many people there, and they feel to believe, oh, that's where God is because we see all these people. But, but Basilia did not go over to the side that had the most tribesmen. He stayed with David. David wasn't in the building. He was out in the wilderness, but he stayed right there. He did, he, he did, not, he did not leave him. You know, people is quick to leave you when it don't seem like your ship or your, your wagon is rolling too good. They're quick to leave you and go to something that seemed more greater. But Bazilia had, had loyalty, and he honored the king, even though he wasn't in Jerusalem. Even though he wasn't in the palace sitting on the throne, he stayed right there with David. And he didn't only stay there with him. He showed that he was with him by bringing him substance to support him. There's something about support. My sisters and brothers, support shows loyalty. It shows faithfulness. And the Bible said that if you are faithful with a few things, God will bless you with a lot. He'll bless you with many more. And so we got to learn how to be faithful with a few. Because God looks at it and says, look, if you ain't faithful with a, with, with, with a few things I gave you, how in the world could I, I trust you with a whole lot? So we got to learn how to be faithful for what God placed in our, in our care. We got to learn how to be faithful for what God gives us, regardless to whether it's one or a thousand in one. And once God sees that your heart and your willingness to, to remain faithful, then God will open up the floodgates for you. He'll open up the floodgates for you. David only had a few people compared to what Absalom had. But yet God gave David the victory. He placed David in the hearts of these people that they went out there against Absalom and these other ten tribesmen to go out there and help and support David. And because he did this, David did not forget this man. David did not forget this man. Do you realize whatever you do for Christ is going to last? He will not forget you. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. If you don't get tired in it, if you don't throw in the towel and give up and think that this thing here ain't going nowhere, well, I'm going to go change ships, I'm going to go change this, and I'm going to change that. You know, maybe look like this, this is where I should be. Look like this is the place God is calling me. But the greatest person and the most faithful person is the one who stay with the ship when it looks like it's about to sink. When it don't look like it's going nowhere. Basilia stayed with David. He didn't only honor him, he supported him. He didn't only continue to honor him as the king. You know, a lot of people had, had anointed uh, uh, Absalom as king. But he didn't honor Absalom as king. He still honored David because he knew that God had placed the anointing upon David. And he didn't only continue to honor him as king, he supported him. He supported David. He was there for David. And so now David is coming to do what? Reward him. Now it doesn't say how long David was outside of Jerusalem. Don't show how many years or how many months he was gone. 
Don't say how long this man Bazilia supported him. But the time came when David was there to, 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 to bless him. He was there to receive his reward. When Bazilia came down, David wanted to bless him. And so, so Bazilia, not being a selfish person, he said, look, David, I appreciate what you want to do for me, man. Paraphrasing this so people can understand what the word of God is saying to us. He said, look here, David, I appreciate you you remembering me and what I did for you. I didn't do it because I wanted something back in return. I did it because you was God's servant. I did it to be there to support you. You don't need to bring me back into Jerusalem to honor me because of what I did for you. See, a lot of times people do things looking for something back in return. This man was doing something looking nothing, wasn't looking for anything in return. He just wanted to show his faithfulness and his loyalty towards the king. Because that's his duty. Do you realize it's our duty and our job to honor King Jesus? Regardless of what he give us or what he don't give us. We not, we didn't, he didn't bring us a call us in this in, 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 into salvation just to get rich. He didn't call us into salvation just to get a big house and a, and a fine car and a whole lot of clothes and money. Although he will give it to you, but that wasn't his purpose in calling us. His purpose in doing it was that we might be saved and have eternal life. That's what it was about. He didn't say the rich was going to be with us always. He said the poor will be with us always. When you read the story about uh, 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 what this guy named who was the, 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 rich, the rich man and the poor guy, Lazarus. Lazarus honored God, but he had souls. He didn't have no food. He was, he, was, he, he was eating the crumbs that the dog ate. The dog came and licked the souls on him. But yet when he died, the Bible said he was found wet in Abraham's bosom. What happened to the rich man who had it all? His eyes opened up in hell. So it's not that he calls us and saved us just for us to get rich and to have this, that, and the other. He called us to give us eternal life. He said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. For where I am, there you may be also. For in my father's house, there are many mansions. You don't have to worry about the little hut you got now, worry about repairing the roof of this, that, and the other. I got something for your baby that you don't have to worry about being repaired. And so David tells Brazilia, look, I want to reward you for what you did, your faithfulness and your loyalty. Brazilia is not a, not a, a man of, of, of self-centeredness. See, a lot of times people want people to know what they did. But the Bible says, he that do his alms in secret, God will reward you openly. But a lot of times people like to toot their horn about what they did for this one and what they did for that one. And, and if I hadn't been there, this would have happened. They'd have lost this and lost that. But God said, if you see a person in need and you do alms in secret, you don't have to go tell everybody. Just do it undercover. And the God who sits in heaven will see your, see your works in secret, and he'll reward you openly. But then you say, look, you don't have to do this, David. I did it because you came. I did it because I honor you, and I wanted to support you. He said, now, if you really want to do something for me, 
take this young man, Shimham, because I don't need to go to Jerusalem because, look, I'm 80. I don't know how many more days I got left on this earth, but when I die, I want to die in my own homeland among my, my, my mother and my father. And that's where we get family plots from in our society today, where you find family being buried with family. This is where it comes. It originated right from the word of God, where people bought grave sites, where all of their family members would be buried together. You remember when Jacob went down into Egypt to be blessed by his son Joseph? He said, look, when I die, take my bones and bring them back to Jerusalem. Bring them back to Jerusalem in my homeland. And so this is where you get the family plots from, from the Bible, from the scriptures of God. And so he said, look, I'm 80 years old. I don't know how many more days I got left. I I can't even understand and, and, and rejoice over the singing of women and the singing of men. If you want to do something for me, David, take my servant Shimham. Bring him to Jerusalem and bless him in my stead. Now, look what David tells him. Now, now Brasilia tells him, bless him according to what you think. But David comes back and says, look, no, I'm going to bless him according to what you say. Out of your own mouth proceeds blessings and curses. For life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And so he showed that he's not self-centered. He showed that he wasn't there for himself, but he was there for somebody else. You know, just like the preacher said at New Year's Eve night, he said, look, God didn't, didn't call us for ourselves. He called and saved us for somebody else. And so he, Brazilian's placed in the position to be a blessing to, this, to his servant, Shimham. Now, it don't say how long Shimham been in his service. But Shimham is about to be blessed. He's about to be blessed because of the faithfulness and the loyalty of somebody else. Missouri say, I'm four score years old. I can't discern between good and evil. I can't even taste what I eat or what I drink. Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should I, wherefore shall then thy servant be yet a burden unto my Lord the King? He said, man, all as I am now, I can barely get around. I can barely see. I can barely taste the food that I eat. I don't, even my taste buds is dying on me. I can't even enjoy the, the singing of, of men and women because my hearing is going on me. So why should I come to Jerusalem and become a burden unto you. Verse 36 says that servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king. And why should the king recompense it me with such a reward? Because of what I did, I don't need no reward, David. I wasn't in this to get something out of it. I was in it because I was here to support you and to bless you. Verse 37 says, let thy servant, I pray thee, turn back again, that I may die in my own city and be buried by the grave of my father and my mother. But behold, thy servant Shimham, let him go over with my lord the king, and do to him what shall seem good unto thee. Would you think that, 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 you, that you want to give to him? What is it that you wanted to do for me? Then don't do it for me. Do it for him. Be a blessing to Shimham. Bring my servant Shimham with you over, over Jordan and bless him. 
And the king answered Shimham, and the king answered, Shimham shall go over with me, and I will do to him that which shall seem good unto you. Whatever is in your heart, whatever is in your mind, whatever you say out of your mouth, this is what I'm going to do for him because of you. And whatsoever thou shalt require of me, that will I do for you. Whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever type of blessing you want this young man to have, I'm willing to do it. That's something how people in your own household is blessed because of you. Some people have a, God's protection around them just because you prayed for them. Just because it was on your heart and your word, their, their name came out of your mouth, God honored that and kept them from hurt, harm, and danger. Place them in the hearts of people that people would bless them rather than hurt them. All we have to do is continue to remain faithful and loyal to King Jesus. And regardless of what our children do, what our children don't do, God will watch over them and protect them because of what come out of your mouth. This is what David said to him. Say, look, whatever you require of me, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. Now, why do you think he's doing that? Because of his loyalty and his faithfulness that he did to David. If we remain faithful and loyal to God, regardless of what we have or what we don't have, regardless of how many people we have or what we don't have, if we stay loyal to God, we don't have a word with God. And whenever we pray, God will hear us and answer our prayer. Whatever you require of me, that's what I'm going to do. This is what David said to Brazil, you're concerned to Shimham. Shimham was not his son. He was only his servant. But David would honor him because of what Brazilia did. So if we remain faithful in our service, in our mission, or what God didn't call us to do, then God will honor us. This is his word. And whatever we require of him, he said, that will I do for you. Verse 39, and the people went over Jordan. And when the king was come over, the king kissed Brazilia and blessed them and returned to his own place. So whatever Brazilia said to him, David honored him. He said, okay, well, you can go back to your home. He kissed him. And we know a kiss is a gesture in, in Israel, uh, 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 is a gesture of friendship, a greeting, as well as a, a departure. Just like when, when we about to leave one another, you know, uh, we're going away or going on a trip. When we get ready to leave to go back home, what we do? We kiss the person who we went to see. I see you. I'll call you when I get home or whatever. So David kissed him because this man was going back to his homeland because he had already did his part. He had been served his service to God. Now, look, no way you see this man's name at, but just this part here when he, was, when he, when he, when he showed up to be a blessing to David. So it lets you know that just the little you do, if you do it in faithfulness, if you do it with a, with a pure heart, the little you do, God will bless it. He will honor it. And he didn't do it for no reward. He did it for love and honor of the king. And so now he's going back. David kisses him. Give him a farewell kiss. And what else he did? He blessed him. Now, what type of blessing? The Bible don't say, but the Bible says he blessed him. And what the songwriter said, any kind of way you bless me, Lord, 
I'll be satisfied. Any kind of way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. And so the Bible said that he kissed him and blessed him. And he returned to his own place. Then the king went on to Gilgal, and Shimham went on with him. And all the people of Judah conducted the king, and also half the people of Israel. Now he got the ten tribes that were with Absalom, they're with him. And the two tribes that was to the south that went with David, they're with him. Because we do know David is from where? The tribe of Judah. And the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin was the two tribes to the south, and the other ten tribes that was considered Israel was to the north. And so now all of them joined hand in hand, and they conducted King David back over Jordan to go back into Jerusalem. So everybody's there. Why? Because they're trying to position themselves. They're trying to find David's favor. And behold, all the men of Israel came to the king and said unto the king, Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, now all of a sudden now they're brothers. All of a sudden now they, they, they acknowledging them as their brothers. But all before David and them had won the victory, what they was doing? They was enemies. They was out to kill up one another. And behold, all the men of Israel came to the king and said unto the king, Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stole thee away? And have brought the king and his household and all David's men with him over Jordan. What are they doing here, David? We men of war. What are they doing here? Why, why did they show up to conduct you over? And so they're going to tell him why, why did they? Why, why have they came? Now, these were the same people who questioning him is the same ones wanted his life. They're the same ones that was on Absalom's side to run David out of Jerusalem. And so now they're saying, since we are the majority and we're going to support you, that don't honor these here. And that's funny how people want you to dishonor the people who was there with you all the time and to elevate them. And you find that happen, not only in families, but in the church, in society as a whole. Just because a bunch of people come to support you, now all of a sudden the people who was with you, you didn't forget about them. And you want to elevate the people not who want to come and join you so you can keep them. And so they questioned David, said, why these here, our brethren, the men of Judah, stole, stolen you away? And have brought the king and his household and all David's men with him over Jordan. Why? Because they were there with you before. They was with you when nobody else wasn't with you. And all the men of Judah answered. Now the men of Judah, that's David's people, that's the tribe he's, he came out of. They're going to answer him. And all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel because the king is near akin to us. He's our bone and our flesh. He come from out of our tribe. That's our nephew, our cousin. Our uncle. He's our brethren. And all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel because the king is near of kin to us. Then he more closer to us than he is of you. He come from out of our tribe. Our, our, our true bloodline runs through his veins. He is near to kin to us. 
Wherefore then be ye angry for this matter? Why are you so upset? Because we are conducting him over and that we are here for him. We were here for him before you, so why are you so upset that we are here? Have we eaten at all of the king's cause? And had he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten parts in the king, which means the ten tribes. We have ten parts in him. In other words, we are the majority. And we should rule over anything y'all say, because y'all are only two tribes down to the south. Regardless of how many tribes they got down there, David's still king. And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten thoughts in the king, and we have also more right in David than you. And so they feel believe because they got the majority, they got the, they got the biggest voice. They got the biggest voice. And you find that in the church when they're voting pastors in and voting them out. When you find the majority against a person because of whatever the reason is, the man may not have done anything wrong, but because of his preaching and because they've been talking against sin in the church, they want to get him out. And so since the majority of the people in the church voted him out, now they bring somebody else in that they're going to be satisfied with. Somebody that's going to please them, please their, their, their way of living. And so the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, we have ten parts in the king. We have also more right in David than you. Why then did you despise us? Why did you, why did you look down on us? Why did you did not honor us or acknowledge us? Why did you try to take the king over by yourself just because y'all, because he's from your tribe and we got, they got ten tribes of us? So why did you despise us? That our advice should not be first had in bringing back our king. That's what happened when you got a whole bunch of people. Because everybody got something to say and they got their own opinion. They ain't worried about God's opinion. They weren't about their opinion being satisfied. They weren't about, about their ego being stroked. You know, a lot of people like their ego to be stroked. They like to be acknowledged in the church. They like to be acknowledged out in the public, you know, what they did and, and how they did it and how much they gave and all of this kind of crazy stuff. Why should we not be first had in bringing back our king? Now, all of a sudden, he they king. But these are the ten tribes that had anointed Absalom as king. But Absalom now is dead. Isn't that something? Look how quick people jump ship. All, all the time that Absalom was alive and told him, say, look, whatever y'all want, I'm going to give it to you. Whatever judgment got to be given, I'm going to give you the right judgment. Now, two people is, is in a conflict. Both parties can't be right. And David is, I mean, Absalom was telling them, whatever judgment that needs to be judged between y'all matters, I'm going to give you right. So how are you going to give right to both parties? Somebody got to be wrong. But now Absalom is dead. So now the people now is jumping from Absalom's side and jumping to David's side, and they want David to acknowledge them and, and place them above the people who was already with him. Why did you despise us that our advice? They got advice. All, all, all before, they had a weapon in their hand to kill David. Now all of a sudden, now they got advice. They want to have a voice. 
Should not what we have said bring it back the king be first? And the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. You know, when they talk about fiercer, you know what they're saying? Judah was calling them out. Judah called them out and told them who they really was. It wasn't that I was despising you. I was letting you know who you was, what type of person you was, how you turned on the king when you thought he was down and out. We stayed there with him. We supported him, and, and we were faithful to him. Now, all of a sudden, because now he's back on top, y'all want to have, have, have advices. And so the Bible said that their words was more fiercer. Now, what, 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 the ten, what they were saying out of those ten tribes was trying to put the men of Judah down. They were trying to put these people down just because David had came out of their tribe. Say, look, we got more part than the king than you. And so now what they're doing now is giving them a, giving them a tongue lashing. Y'all don't have nothing in David. Y'all remember just a few months ago, y'all was on Absalom's side. A few months ago, y'all was on Absalom's side and ran David out. And so now what, he's do, what they're doing is washing their face. And that's what people would do to you when you, when you get out there and do something that's not God, that's not right. They'll take and wash your face with your own words. Yeah, you got to be careful what you say. Just because a person down don't mean that they're going to always be down. Solomon said in the book of Proverbs, a good man will fall seven times, but he get up again. You know, just because we down, just because you're down, just because you might not be on top or have everything you need right now, don't believe that God is not able to raise you back up. God is, because God is able to do exceeding and abundant above all we could ever think or ask of him to do because God is God and there's nothing too hard for him to do. If you put your faith and your trust in him, remain faithful and loyal to God and God will remain faithful and loyal to you and I. Amen. I do pray that the word of God been a blessing to one and all and I pray that we, you give us, send us a line, send us a, a word, let us hear from you that what we're doing here is a blessing to you that you're getting a greater understanding from the word of God as we talk about it in the life that we live here in this 21st century. We ain't talking about David and Absalom and them. We're using them as an example of what's happening even in our modern-day society. So I do pray that what we're doing here and how we explain the word of God is, is a blessing to you, and we, and we ask that you pray for us as we continue to pray for you. This, continue, this con, uh, concludes our service. I was lesson on tonight. If the Lord said the same, life lasts and death passes. And if Christ don't come back for the church, we'll be in Second Samuel chapter 20 on next Tuesday. May God bless you. May God keep you. This is our prayer. Good night, saints.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.